Hi, it's Beth. In this episode, Kathy shares the story of losing her friend and business partner, Heidi. She shares about how it affected her own identity in ways she wasn't expecting. She says that it was the beginning of an undoing in her life. As always, if you are enjoying the podcast, please remember to leave a rating and review. And now, Kathy's story. Hi, this is Beth, and welcome back to the Daughters Without Moms podcast. Today, I don't have a daughter without a mom. She is a friend who has lost a friend, but I assured her that her grief story is just as important as all the other ones, and that I've had men on here and women who have lost their dads. And so I am toying with changing the name of the podcast to Your Grief Journey so that we all all the stories can be um, put under the umbrella without having those feelings of, oh, I'm not a daughter without a mom because, because that's okay. So today is Kathy and Kathy and I met in an online program. She's like a year and a half ago now it's been. And um, we were put in these accountability pod groups. And luckily we've had a group that has stayed together through this year and a half. And then Kathy and I actually discovered that we were not too far apart from each other physically. And once it was safe to do so, we have met for several walks uh, together. So not only is she my online friend, she's my in-person friend. Um, We also did a book study together. And um, I don't wanna share too much, but I mean, Kathy is a beautiful writer and always has a way with words that just connects to my heart and so, I asked her if she would be willing to share the story of her journey with her friend Heidi, and she has graciously accepted to be here. So I thank you so much, Kathy. I'm going to turn the mic over to you and um, let you introduce yourself and tell us about your journey with Heidi. And then we we have a few questions that we've talked about that we will um, come back and tackle once you're done sharing your story. So thanks for being here today. Thanks, Beth, and thanks for asking me. It's an honor to be here um, and to share my story and all that it's taught me over the years. Um, My journey with grief began, uh, well, my friend died in 2013, but the journey started way before that. Um, Heidi was a friend uh, who I met through our kids at school and a mutual acquaintance. I had a Bible study at the time and she showed, came, sat around my table and we had so many great discussions. She was one of those people that, you know, if you knew her, you loved her. She had this uh, infectious joy and optimism. She was adventurous. She had a, just a, an amazing laugh. She was curious. Uh, I, she was one of those women who, you know, all the teenagers thought of her as a second mom. And you just, if you could spend time with her, it it was just, you were a blessed person. Um, We, uh, in 2006, after Bible study one day, she came to me and said, Kathy, I think we should start a Christian card company. Now, I am someone who is postally challenged. I do not send cards. I haven't sent a Christmas card since probably 2002, but I wanted to support my friend 
And, you know, I had a wealth of, you know, spiritual knowledge and Bible verses. And I was like, I'm, a, I'm all up for an entrepreneur, entrepreneurial venture. So I said, sure, I can help. Let's do it. You know, um, so it took us a couple of years. We sat, we talked about it for a year before we figured out what we wanted to do and how we were going to do this. We found these beautiful papers that were imported from Nepal and Thailand and India and we started creating these products. Um, and so in, in 2008, we you know, launched our little fledgling business. And she was forever the dreamer and the big thinker. I mean, she would say, come to me and say, Kathy, I think we need to go global with this. And I would say, okay, but we need a product first. I mean, we were just paired quite well. Her, her big ideas and my, you know, analytical design, figure it out kind of nature. We, we, uh, we had a ball. We really did. And with, she had four kids and I had four kids and they were ranging from elementary school to college age. So we were going through the, you know, the stages of emptying the nest and we were really excited. We had big, big plans. Um, and, you know, the downturn of 2008 slowed us down a little bit. Kids slowed us down a little bit. And in 2012, we were getting ready to, to launch it. Like we had found a manufacturer in India and we had ordered all these, you know, 2,400 frames of scripture. And we were so excited and there was so much to look forward to. And then Heidi was diagnosed with breast cancer. And it just kind of shook us to our core. But it was Heidi. I mean, she was not gonna, you know, fall to cancer. It just wasn't gonna happen. This was not part of the plan. We had been listening to God, doing what he wants to do. And everything was so, you know, there was so much synchronicity. Um, but as life happens sometimes, it didn't go the way we wanted it to. In um, she had chemo and surgery and radiation, and after 15 months, um, she was declared cancer-free. In June of 2012, she was a survivor story at Relay for Life. Um, August 1st, two weeks before our first trade show, I was sitting with her at a follow-up appointment. And she was told that it was in her lungs. And the first day of our trade show, while I was setting up and getting us ready to go, she was looking at scans that showed that the cancer was throughout her bones. And still, we had relentless faith. And still, we did everything alternative, you know, just everything we could. There was just no way that this was going to beat her. There was going to be a miracle. Um, and then September 30th, she was gone. So it was six weeks later. And in all that time, I just would not allow myself to think about doing that business without her. She was the dreamer. Um, I just didn't know how I was gonna do it. And I think the hard thing was when you lose somebody, you don't just lose them, you lose the identity that comes with them. Right. Um, I lost my dearest friend 
but I also lost my business partner. And so all of a sudden, two hats were gone, two, two ways that I identified myself as, as her friend. And who, who was I? This was my plan. Come, you know, my kids were in college. Um, they weren't needing me in this. I had rate, stayed home to raise them. And now I find myself, you know, seven years into this plan that we had and it's, it's gone. And I just, uh, people said, you could do this, Kathy, you can do this. And, you know, you're, you're reeling from what you never would have imagined could have happened. And so you really can't. And then you, but you try, you try, you make a go of it, but um, it just wasn't fun. And I realized it wasn't that I couldn't, is that I didn't want to. It, I didn't want to, this was, this was, uh, it wasn't what it was, it was Heidi that I was in business with. So I had a lot of anger and resentment with that. And then I felt guilty because, you know, her kids had lost their mom and her husband was without his spouse and I had my husband and I had my kids and I, I have my mom and I have my sisters. And, and so you feel guilty for, for what you're holding on to. But there was nobody I could talk to about that. There was nobody else that was in that with us. I had, I, that was a relationship I had solely with her and there was nowhere for me to go. So it was, it was a hard year. And then the following year, two of my sons got married and moved to New England. My dog had to go and die of cancer. I mean, it was really, come on now, come on now. It was just ridiculous. But it was the beginning of an undoing in my life, which kind of had to happen. It kind of had to happen. And I think we go through life carrying a lot of baggage and we don't realize how heavy it is until something really heavy gets put on our shoulders. And then we're like, whoa, we're taken out. We got to sit down. We got to set it down and just be with it for a while. Um, I didn't like being there. I mean, I did, I did see therapists and I talked to people, but my loss of Heidi was so tied up with my own identity as a woman and what I was going to do next and, and what was I going to do next and what was I going to do now? Um, and that was, that was really hard. Uh, on the one hand, I, I missed Heidi so much. Um, I, I grieved the loss of my, my friend, but I was just lost in who I was and what I was here for. What was my purpose? So I had a practice just from Bible study of, you know, spending time in the morning and writing. I had started, you know, just from that with a gratitude journal. And I began just pouring out my heart on the page. And it wasn't always pretty. <sighs> But what I discovered was that that's where God met me. I would pour out my heart and 
um, at first it's hard doing that because you're thinking, who's going to see this page? I, I better write it. And, but it was, it was, uh, it was where my healing started. And I'm so grateful for it because I look back over those pages and I can see how God met me. And I have a record of what he taught me. I have a record. Oh, I remember that. Um, I was just showing you a, a poem I found yesterday from 2016 and I had forgotten I had written it. And I was like, I remember that. I remember that. And I can see now how God answered those pleas. Um, so, so since then, I did some freelance work. I, I took an office job um, to just to, because I needed to do something. So I worked in an office for about five years and continued to work on my own personal growth and my own healing. And, you know, it just takes time. There's no rushing that. We want to get out of it. Uh, we're ready, you know, I was ready to move on. Can I just be done with this already? Can I just be done with this already? And I, and I found myself asking, Lord, what should I do? Tell me what to do. I just want to know what to do. Can you just tell me what to do? And often the answer I would get was, what do you want to do? Which is not what I wanted to hear. I wanted you to tell me what to do, give me the steps so I know I can move through this and I can, I can be on to other things. I want the path to success, like personal freedom and, you know, feeling good about myself, purpose. Can we just get to that place? Just, just give me the shortcut. But God doesn't work that way. And thankfully he doesn't because he knew that I had a lot of stuff to, to unpack. And I had a lot of, of bad uh, thought habits over the years. I think the reason that I was so attracted to Heidi was because she had something that I didn't. And that was that, uh, that confidence. And um, she just, even though she was flawed as anybody, she just, she had confidence and she just, she just made me feel confident, made me feel like I could do anything. And when I lost it, I realized I have to be able to find that myself. And, and that is something that takes time uh, to, uh, to, to figure out. And I don't even know if figure out is the right word. Um, you know, you, you say it often, Beth, the only way out is through, right? There's only one way and that's through. So, um, I guess where I have been, I have been writing and, and uh, working through things, getting, you know, just a, over a period of growth. Um, and it's been seven years. It was, it's been seven years since Heidi died, seven years it was this fall. And I, I find it ironic that it was seven years we were in business together. And the seventh year after she died was when I started to really feel like I was coming through the other side. That's a long time. That's a long time. Um, but it's what God knew I needed. Um, healing takes time. Uh, I, I kind of liken it to 
you know, I, I was walking along a shoreline and I had this little box of all my precious treasures, you know, all the things that I had built in my life to make sure I did this. And, and, you know, you go to church every Sunday and you make sure you, you, you do your devotions and you pray and you got to be a good mom and you got to do this and you got to be there for the, and all the things that, you know, if I just do all these things, okay, here's the plan, right? Here's the, and then this huge tsunami wave comes and knocks it out of your hands and you're looking at this shredded cardboard box and all these possessions all over the beach and you just got to sit down and look at it and make a decision what's real what's truth what needs to go like what needs to go and sometimes god lets everything fall out of your hands i mean his will was not that heidi not be here his will, though, in all the brokenness of this life, is that he does bring beauty out of ashes in the worst possible scenario, in the worst, darkest of days. Um, there's always a light cracking through, and he works through that light. And then we can find things that need to be healed that we didn't even know were there. Um, I was listening to Yvonne's uh, testimony the other day and she made a comment on um, when you heal those hurt parts of your past, a flood of good memories comes and boy, it's the truth. When you, as I've been working through my, my own uh, things in my childhood, I always, you always wonder why, why do I always remember the bad stuff? Why can't I remember the good stuff? I know there was good stuff there. But, um, you know, bringing healing to that, that one that's kind of still in the dark, you know, waiting, to, waiting for what she needed at the time. And when you give that to her, um, it does open up new memories, happy memories that just get stuck. It's like a log jam. You know, I'm sitting on, I just found that this was a time for sitting on the sand and allowing the warmth of God's grace to just to be in that presence and to realize that all the other stuff is, is not required. It's not required. It's nice. It's good. But we don't have to do anything. We can just be and know that we are loved and accepted as we are. And if, we're, if, we, if we can't do that for ourselves, if we cannot receive, I always say you can't give what you haven't received. And we're good at people-pleasing, right? We're, we're good at, put, at people-pleasing, and, and, but genuine love without judgment, genuine acceptance of other people, even with different opinions than our own, that takes god's love to flow through us and it has and we have to allow it um to to permeate our own being like i have to love myself if i'm going to be able to love others well and so i think that's the biggest thing i've learned over the past seven years is um the the compassion and the love that that were required to get me through um, and to get me to where I am now. Um, last year, I think 
my husband's brother passed away suddenly in January and I turned 60 in September. And that was a wake up call. That was a wake up call for me that it was time to, time to, to uh, own my life and allow the gifts that God's given me to help other people and to make a difference and to just enjoy the time that we're given because it is a gift. We know that all too well. It is a gift. So that's where I'm at right now. Well, this was not one of our questions that we had talked about, but one of the things that's that's hitting me is that you said, you know, when when Heidi, when you first lost Heidi, that you had the anger and resentment and everything that happened with that. And then over the course of seven years, you came to the point to be able to say, you know, that I know that Heidi dying was not God's will. Um, and you and I have had many of these talks on our walks and things like that. This is one of the things I love about Kathy is that I can be totally honest about the things I, how I see like my, my faith journey. And then she shares hers. And I just, I just love hearing um, people's testimonies. So like how, how I, so, you know, I was mad at God for 20 years because I, at 13 years old, you know, I thought that I was being punished for something because I prayed that my mom wasn't going to die and she did. And so then as a 13 year old, you know, you feel like your prayer wasn't answered. And so why, why was God punishing you? Like, what did I do wrong? Um, and it's taken me, I mean, it took me 20 years to, to get to the point to say, I am worthy. Like I do, I don't have to do anything to earn it. Like you said, like I am a beautiful child of God just by being who I am exactly as I am, but that took a long time and I'm still processing that, you know, we've also both talked about how, I don't know, I think getting older is just great. <laughs> I have enjoyed, uh, I turned 50, like I'll be 52 in March and Kathy turned 60 last year, but it's just been, I've, I've certainly appreciated the, the wiser person that I'm becoming as I get older. Um, but like, you know, how, how did you fit God in your grief when you were angry? Because one of the things, like, I, I'm not shying away from talking about God on this podcast, but I don't talk about it on every time because I know that some people are hurting. And when you're deep, you know, down in that valley of deep, deep darkness and you're hurt, um, you know, there's not much people can say that are going to bring you out of that. And if anything, you probably have some sort of history of a story that told you something, the opposite of being able to believe in a God that loves and um, does not will people to have cancer, which I don't believe either. I couldn't picture God staying up in heaven with like a laptop and going, cancer, cancer, can you know, childhood cancer, ALS, all of these things, tragic accidents. You know, I couldn't see got up there assigning that. And recently at church, one of the pastors talked about, you know, there will be pain and suffering on this side of eternity. But I don't think that we acknowledge that a lot in our culture. Like you said, you carry your box with do it. I did all the things. I read the Bible and I studied and I took good care of my kids and I was a homeroom mom and I made homemade cookies. I didn't buy store-bought cookies. I did all the things, but bad things still happen. Yeah. So I didn't grow up with a foundation of religion either. I didn't really start going to church until I met my husband when I was 23. So 
we didn't we didn't hammer this out beforehand but i'm just wondering like how how did god fit in in those early stages of grief when you were angry that was a long way for me to get to that question boy i'm sorry no, that's okay no it's <laughs> it, there's a lot there's a lot there and it's not something and i think it's something that you know some days we get it and some days we don't some days we're just like i don't get this i don't understand it i'm i'm mad i'm angry um, I think, and I got some mixed messages too, you know, there's, there's the saying, you know, like be thankful. God doesn't say be thankful for everything. He says, be thankful in everything. Mm -hmm. Right. That's yep. a big difference. Yep. There's a, that's a big difference. And you can say, well, God allows, he allows this, what we have, we, the, the biggest gift that he gave us and when he created it all was choice yes. what a gift right. i mean think about the that we have we have the, the the ability to choose what a gift that is and choice comes with consequences other people's choices affect us right our you know the environment all these things that come into play that we just cannot comprehend how many billions of choices have come to create the world that we live in that's filled with brokenness and things that don't work right. And, you know, just from down to the food that we eat, for heaven's sakes, it's not what Adam and Eve ate, <laughs> right? <laughs> but, you know, so in all of that, you know, God just creates perfection. He created a beautiful, perfect place and put choice down and right smack in the middle of it. And that comes with everything that it entails and he works within our choices and other people's choices he also willed choice for us and it's a precious gift that we that we get to live and he i don't understand why some and not others i don't understand that i don't understand but I also know that our vision is so limited here. Yeah. We are left. I, I mean, and I struggle with that now, even now it's like, I think the older you get, you go, wow, this is, you know, my, my parents are getting older. I looked at my dog the other day. I'm like, I'm going to outlive you. I'm going to have to watch you go. And I don't like that. I don't like that. I, I don't want that to happen, but it's inevitable. Unless something happens to me first, it's just, it's this, life is this amazingly precious, beautiful gift. And that is just magnified by the temporariness of it. It's fleeting. That's what makes it a gift. Mm -hmm. I was, I was struggling one day with fear about like losing somebody, you know, like things not in your control. Mm -hmm. And course writing it out on my page and god just impressed on my heart kathy how can you lose what isn't yours it's all a gift it's not ours to own it's all a gift and we just open accept it with open arms and know that when hard times come he's there too he's there too and he doesn't rush us 
-hmm. He doesn't rush us and he doesn't judge us or say, hey, you got to get your act together. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, what I found um, that's been really helpful for me in the writing is, you know, oftentimes I hear his voice on the page and he'll ask me a question. And, and, and I just have conversations on the page. And sometimes I'm learning to be that voice myself mm-hmm. when I'm like really angry or hurting. And this other part of me will say, I'm right on the page. I'm really sorry you're feeling that way. Tell me more about that. Because that's who God is. Mm-hmm. That's the one that we need. Someone who, and we get to be that for ourselves. And he works through our, through us in that regard, if that makes any sense. Well, it does. And you also sent me, um, so like you said, when, when um, Heidi was diagnosed as being cancer-free and that she was recognized, she spoke as a survivor story at the Relay for Life. She, in that, in that speech she gave, she, wait, maybe it wasn't. What was it where she said that I recognize that I'm going to just keep praising, right? I'm going to keep praising God. I can, would you like me to read what she said? Yeah, sure. Okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So where was God during Heidi's journey? I'd like Heidi to let Heidi answer that question as I read to you from a quote from her speech at Relay for Life last at that year. It was in those moments of weakness that my life came into total focus for the first time. As I wept, I began to thank God for my life. With tears streaming down my face, it was there that I knew what I had to do. In the midst of such despair, I began to praise him. I knew I couldn't do this alone. I knew I needed a miracle. And so it began. It began with tears, and then the tears became joy. I thanked him for my four beautiful children. I thanked him for my wonderful, hardworking husband. I thanked him for my strong church. I thanked him for my friends. I thanked him for that small business. I thanked him for my family. I thanked him for the sunshine. I thanked him for the grass. And I thanked him mostly for Jesus and what he had done. I was there in the midst of my tears, in the midst of my surrendering, that I finally really got it. Jesus, you came for me. You suffered for me. You overcame for me. You came to set me free, free from fear that was paralyzing, free from pain, and even from this deadly, awful disease. That morning, I was set free. I wasn't afraid anymore. I was stronger. I knew I could do this, and I wasn't alone. Thanks, Heidi. Yeah, thanks, Heidi. Like, to me, that's just amazing. And that's one of the things that my sister consistently did through her journey, is she had so many times where she said, I, I'm not scared, and I feel like God is with me. And like that testimony was just, is just so, when you're going through cancer, I mean, you know, and if the treatments are not pretty, they're not, they're not fun. They're not, um, yeah, they're not any sort of um, situation where you would be thinking happy thoughts for sure. Um, and so I just am amazed at when people like Heidi and my sister, Amy, 
choose to praise him in the midst of all that. Like that is, that is something that you won't get from the world, from this world. No, no. And, and it's, I mean, my gratitude journal really was a saving grace for me because it is where I really started to pray just to say, thank you. I number, I number things and just paying attention to little things in my life. But one thing I notice is you cannot jump over the feelings to the gratitude. Right. Um, you can't just say when you're in the pit of despair, you can't just say, well, thank you for, I'm so grateful. I have my family and thank you. You know, you don't, it, no, it's not, Yes, you can pause and and pay attention, but but we have to acknowledge how we're feeling and how we're struggling. Right. And at, and once we do that, then we're able to to notice what's around us. I think God helps us, helps me, shifts my attention to the you know the fact that I have a hand that can hold a pencil in my lap and move it across the page and those things like, and, and so he always does that. When I've poured out my heart on the page, God always brings it back to gratitude. Like he just worked, he lets me dump it all out and then he helps me work it through. And then it always ends in gratitude. And it's just a natural, it's almost like breathing. It's almost like breathing where you just exhale everything and then you inhale his grace and his goodness and all that you have that's right that, that and we do have mm-hmm. just right here in this bodysuit that we're in we're walking miracles right mhm mhm but i also agree with what you said when you were sharing um that there was a the beginning of an undoing in your life um and i would you know i don't I don't wish loss on anybody. I mean, death is not the only thing we're guaranteed in life. Here, taxes and death are guaranteed in life. Um, but I do firmly believe now, you know, I this is Daughters Without Moms because I went back to my original loss, which was my mom 38 years ago. So I've had a lot of time to think about this. It's not anything that I've gotten, um, I've come to overnight, but that that, you know, we've talked, I know Kathy, you and I have talked about this before, but that like, you gotta, you gotta acknowledge that bottom low point where you're at, like you said, where, where the, the, when you're in that dark, dark pit and when you name it and say, all right, I, you know, I, I f- can tell that you're here and that's okay. We can be here for a little while, but eventually you gotta say, you know, I can't stay here all day. And whether it takes seven years, Kathy was on a seven-year process, 20 years. I don't, and I also think that this process doesn't end. I think we continue yeah. to go through it through the rest of our life because now our lenses have been changed. Like Kathy said, your whole identity has changed. The way you see things has changed. Um, but if, if, if you are able to allow yourself to feel it and process it and go to that despair and acknowledge that it's a something that's happened to you, I do believe it directly affects the amount of height that you allow yourself to feel. Because if you numb one of them, if you numb the depth of the grief, you're going to also, um, you're going to put a, a ceiling on the height of your joy. 
Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it goes with the territory. It's, you know, to, um, to numb it is to close yourself off from, from, you know, and, and honestly, <laughs> I, I'm going to be truthful right after Heidi, when I was in the, in the really dark, dark days, I was asking myself, was it worth it? Hmm. Was it worth it? I mean, to be in that place, like, oh my gosh, was it? And in those moments, I wasn't sure. Mm -hmm. They were fleeting. They were mm -hmm. fleeting. But then, of course, it was worth it. Of course, it was worth it. I mean, mm -hmm. my goodness, a thousand times over to have someone in your life that that you know just makes life so much better um that makes you better you know that makes it worth being here right yeah. people it's what makes it worth being here yeah. otherwise just a bunch of stuff <laughs> yeah right mm -hmm. yeah yeah because let's be honest i mean we're not we're not spending a whole lot of time talking about like your business or all that kind of we're talking about your memories with heidi as a person and that's the only thing that we can leave behind there's that quote about it's not how you say it's how you people people won't remember everything you said but they'll remember how you made them feel yeah. and that's you know that's that's the one legacy that we can leave behind um and it does it does come with pain but you know another one of my favorite quotes is grief is is love looking for a home you know mm -hmm. it's because you've loved that you're grieving yeah. Um, which doesn't make yeah. it better, but it is just, you know, part of the reality of loving and losing. So, yeah. so I did want to talk a little bit about your room for grace when I was going to say, you know, how have you seen hope and room for grace? But I, um, cause I want to talk well, a little bit about your blog and, and what you are doing. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, room, it, room for grace is the name that, uh, this, the summer, that we were launching our business the summer right before Heidi passed away. Uh, we had changed our name. We were, we had ideas of, you know, we were getting ready to do some writing. We wanted to have a blog. We wanted to create this website with place for people to connect. And we had talked about a podcast and we had so many things that we wanted to do besides just products. We just wanted to create a place of connection. And so we, we, that summer, we changed the name officially to Room for Grace. And it was, an, it was a, a name that I just, to me, represented, um, at the time, it was like making room for God's grace in your life, right? Making room for God's grace on your walls, in your heart, in your life, like just surrounding yourself with who he is. And, <laughs> and so that was where it began. I... I've kept that name, but it's, it's changed in meaning to me in that, you know, the biggest space that we have is the one between our two ears mm. and it's the most crowded. <laughs> it's very noisy in there. Um, I would say if there's one practice that has helped me really so much over the past years, it is learning to be still to allow the feelings to be there, to feel that, know that I'm safe with all the thoughts that race through and on their way out. Um, I, I think I spent an awful lot of time talking at God over mm -hmm. the years and very little time 
being still and listening. I don't think it's a practice that we've been taught real well in the Christian faith. It's changing, I think, but mm-hmm. to be still mm-hmm. and just be okay. If God doesn't say a word, just be okay. Mm-hmm. But that's where grace has really filled my life is within myself, that room for grace within me, um, just giving, allowing space for his, for him, for that spirit to just to be okay in that quiet, you know? So, and also it shows up in the grace I give myself, right? If God gives us grace and we don't give grace ourselves, well, then we're not, we're not, you know, allowing it to have an effect in our life. We're the only ones that can receive the grace that he gives and we have to apply it to ourselves. And so that means a lot of compassion, a lot of kindness, um, a lot of awareness of the words that I use. You know, that word should is tinted in all kinds of shame, right? And I, that is a, a big one. When I see that come up when in my writing, when I see shoulds in there, it's like, ooh, huh, that's interesting. Hmm, why's that there? <laughs> What's that about? What, what, you know? And so, so Room for Grace, um, I've kept that website. And last year with, with I finally got to a place where I, I felt like, okay, I'm, I want to share a lot of what God's poured through me and on the page it was time so i've i toyed with the blog last year i'm going to get back to the blog after the holidays it's it's on my agenda um i opened a an, an etsy shop last year where i'm finally selling off some of the inventory from the business that's been sitting up above my in my second floor <laughs> so, so that has been healing taking taking some steps to do that um and then the writing, I've, I've, I've started writing fiction, which I really hadn't ever considered before. And I, ironically, uh, the story is, it's, I believe it's juvenile fiction, which is what I'm working on, but it's about a town that uh, gets stuck in grief. Instead of community, they isolate and are stagnant and stuck. And have been that way for many years. So I thought that was interesting. Like I did, I'm just like, wow, it's kind of cool how that is playing out and how that town uh, finds its way back again mm-hmm. to community and, and wholeness mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and joy. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's what, that's what I've been up to. I don't know if I got everything there. <laughs> well, I will um, put the, the link to Room for Grace in the show notes. Um, and Kathy mentioned a po- poem earlier that she um, wrote, I think in like 2014, maybe it was, or, mm-hmm. and she has graciously agreed to share that. So if you want to read about that, go back to Daughters Without Moms on either Facebook or Instagram, and we will share that there. Um, and I usually finish with a, you know, kind of a final takeaway, uh, which I think you kind of mentioned at the end of your, of your sharing about the, the love and compassion required, but um, I just wanted to see if you, if that's what you would want to have your, your takeaway be from the podcast or. Yeah, I think that, I think that, um, you know, curiosity engages our, um, 
engages a part of us that uh, can find a way through. When we are, as I said before, when we're saying I should, I should be through this by now, I should be, I shouldn't be doing, you know, what's, you know, all the ways that we judge how we're doing something, what our journey looks like, why we, we are, you know, all the things that go through our, our mind. Um, in, in the creative work I've done re recently with the writing, I'm, I'm starting to see how guilt shuts down create creativity. Guilt, and, and that's tied up with the word should, it shuts down that part of ourselves that, that can find a way through, that, that is open to possibility and can dream and, and imagine other new things and, and imagine good for our lives. Um, and when you get curious, you, you get creative and you, you find that you can dream again. And you and you find that you can that there's possibility again. Um, so there's that, and that has to come with compassion. That compassion for the one that's hurting, and just being there and saying, you know, being what you need in that moment, which is that uh, I'm really sorry you're going through that. What can I do? What can I do to help? What can I do? How could I make this easier? Because we have that within us. Mm. There is that part that's within us that has mm -hmm. the capacity. That inner strength is there. And for me, she is just, she, she is, she has just helped me time and time again when I'm in that, when I'm, when I feel like I can't get out of this, a few questions from her and God. And it's like, okay, I, I don't feel so panicked anymore. I feel mm. better. I think I can do this. I think mm -hmm. I can do this today. Today, mm -hmm. I can do this. Mm -hmm. And that's all, all we can do. Mm -hmm. So curiosity, creativity, and compassion. And, you know, I always, I always close myself off from the creativity because I'm not like an artistically creative person. But I think it's whatever, sir, each person has some sort of way that they connect to creativity. Um, yours is the pencil on the paper. My daughters both are very artistic. Um, they can paint and draw and do all kinds of things. And so my oldest daughter was recently home. I'm like, let's go get you some canvases and some paint and, you know, do those things that uh, fulfill that one, you know, part of, of who you are. But you don't have to be that to have a sense of creativity because mine has been, I mean, when I lost my sister at the beginning of the pen, right before the pandemic happened, had time to research and read. Like for me, my reading is my creativity because it allows me to expand my mind and hear other people's point of views and to keep being curious. So I really, I really love that that's, you know, keeping your curiosity open, keep asking why, find, find the, you know. And yeah, and I think that creativity is, it's really I don't want to, I mean, it's problem solving. Steve Jobs said creativity is connecting ideas, but it's, a, it's the part of our brain that sees possibility. That possibility might be, hey, maybe, maybe I want to downsize. Maybe I would like to try a different job, or maybe I want to go to lunch 
with so-and-so. I haven't seen them for a while. It just engages, it engages the part of our brain that sees possibility because God wants us to have expansive, joy-filled lives. Jesus said, I came that you would have life and have it to the full, abundant life. He wants us to have joy and to experience. I mean, he created this amazing playground and God wants us to experience it while we're here. So that creativity opens up our eyes to what's possible. And it doesn't mean it's about markers or pencils or crayons. It's about you know, what you see and how you see it and seeing possibility for yourself in however that shows up. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. See, I said she's a wordsmith. That's what I always love that she finds a way to put things into words that just um, connect with my heart. So, um, you know, I just want to say to anybody listening that Kathy and I have talked a lot about God here. And if there's anybody who would like to talk about that journey more. Um, if you want to reach out to me, I would be happy to do that. Like I said, I'm not an expert. I didn't, I wasn't raised um, going to church, but I have since been baptized and do continue to go to church and, and do honestly believe that it is the one, the one thing that I can count on is uh, that, that God is with us. Even if you don't think he is, he is with you. So if we've piqued your curiosity at all and you want to talk about that a little bit just reach out to us and and um you know if you want to talk to kathy i can reach out to kathy and see if she would be open to that um but i think that that's something that i would love to talk to somebody about if they feel the urge to discuss it more don't have all the answers but i'm always willing to have a conversation so Thank you so much for being here. I will link all your things in the show notes and um, people can follow Room for Grace and see whenever you do updates, whenever you choose to share some of your writing with us, I know that it will be a blessing. So thank Thank you, Kathy. Thank Mm -hmm. you so much. This has been such a blessing to me. I appreciate it. If you liked this episode or you are a fan of the show, the best way to support it is to share it on social media and with your family and friends. For more of my thoughts on the grief journey, please visit my website, www.yourgriefjourney.com. As always, remember, we can use grace, grit, and gratitude to grow with our grief.